0: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdue Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. Auto, home, life business, RV, boat, motorcycle. They'll do everything they can to make you fully insured, but also save you money in the process. As I say all the time, and I was telling Bill Purdy this, that Bill, I always say to people, I said they're great people who also are great pros. Yeah. Customer service means everything to them. And again, $24,000 plus the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. In the history of this tournament now, all told, they've raised over a million dollars for charity in the Valley. How about that? And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Big home run for the Pirates. The pitch, line drive, left field, toward the line. That's going to get over the wall for the first home run in Jared
1: Triolo's career. Line drive, three run, pinch hit, home run for Big Tree.
0: Greg Brown with another great call on the Pirates network. The Pirates actually are a fun team to watch. Meanwhile, I think I saw your your team on an episode of ER. They were checking for a pulse. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> oh, you got the Braves tonight. Oh, wow. That's great. L. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of pulled hamstrings in that game. All right. Um, so before we get to the rest of your, and it sounds like it's plural. Correct. By the way, one quick note. Have you noticed the top of the order for the Braves, Albies, um, Riley, Austin Riley, and Olson. You
1: know how many games those three have missed this year? I'm going to say. Anywhere Combined. Between. Combined. Combined. I'm going to say five. None. There All right.
0: You, go. Um, you know, kind of amazing. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're playing the team that. Ugh, I got a twinge. Can't play. Okay. Gotcha. All right. We're good. Can't go. Twinge. Yeah. I saw the x-rays. Not very impressive. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll reiter- reiterate what I said at the beginning about, you know, the fans had a chance to watch the scrimmage. Media was there to watch the scrimmage. It was raining. And you got. I mean, look, you have to go out and scrimmage and stuff like that because guess what? It may happen. I was talking to Tyler Zansky about that. I said, Ty, says, All right, this is one of those nights. I said, We're gonna face we're gonna face some of he goes, Yeah, we're gonna see at least one. I said, We can see as many as four. He goes, Yeah, you're right. All right. So you gotta practice in it. Figure out different ways of doing things. The defense performed extremely well on Saturday. You know, and all the recaps all the recaps you saw from all the reporters, whether it was Mark or or T Frank or Nate or Ryan or John Saber or you know whomever you know, Ali Barubi you know, a lot of people were there. Um, Mike Porman. all the stuff you you know, they they had it down. They they wrote what they Audrey Snyder they wrote exactly what they saw, which is the same thing as what you saw. Right, so I don't really have to go through it too much. I will say this: that leading into it this had been, to me, the most competitive camp I've seen in years. A lot of eight sevens, offense, 8-7 seven defense. A lot of those kind of periods where you kind of walked out each one going, alright, you kind of feel like both sides got something out of that. That was good. Right? The key now is after an off day yesterday, is the offense bounces back today and doesn't compound Saturday that they get back on track and get back to those competitive periods with more energy out there. Defense had energy on Saturday night, a lot of energy. And outstanding standing there in between the two teams, in between the offense and the defense, so they were both on the same sideline. It was like the old what Minnesota Vikings days at Mets, Metropolitan Stadium at Bloomington where they had to use the same sideline. Or County Stadium in Milwaukee, where the Packers had to use the same sideline. Those are the two I remember being that way. Well, because of the stands being there, they didn't want the players standing in front of the fans. I mean, <laughs> if the whole point was having the fans there, not, hey, great, I got a good look at Olu Fashionu's backside. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> so they, everybody stayed in the same. So I was in between the two and the energy on the defense was there an apparent, but the key now is for the offense to say, okay we know we're better than this, we've been proving it, and go back to doing it that's the key uh, tomorrow is the day that everybody in the ACC has to affirm that they're going to be in the ACC for the next uh, they're going to be in the ACC for 2024 okay And let's be honest with it about it. Um, As you know, I'm friends with Wes Dern from the ACC network. In fact, you know what? I I should email Wes and just get him to to come on the show here and do that. And he thinks it's 50 50. He says it's hard to tell. Look, Florida State's been grumbling like this for 18 months, right? The ACC, here's the issue. Let's, let's do big picture here for you for a moment. The ACC is going to get mildly hurt in this contract cycle. The problem is going to be they are really going to get hurt in the next contract cycle. In fact, the Big Ten could have two TV contracts... Negotiated by the time the ACC runs out, because this current contract runs out 2030. Well, what if it's a five-year deal and it runs out in 2035? They're out there negotiating another deal. The ACC still not done yet till 2036. They can have two of them negotiated between now and then. So the big problem is not. Now they'll fall behind gradually in this one because again the Big Ten contract is backloaded. But re- where they're really going to get hurt is going to be once they get to the the end of this contract and the new one comes out. Then at that point it's like, oh boy, here we go. This is where like there's going to be separation anyway. It's going to be a greater separation after that. So what do they do about it? Well, the ACC, with Notre Dame's prompting and prodding, considered Cal and Stanford. I always loved Notre Dame. We have this long-standing traditional rivalry with Stanford. It's 35 years.
1: Yeah, they play,
0: stupid. They play 35 games. You want to know it's a long-standing rivalry? I don't know, a 100? All right, so, uh <laughs> hey, come on. Like, like 80 to 100 is longstanding to me. 35 kind of still feels new. Uh, but they brought it to a vote. The reports are that North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson, and Florida State voted no, that they were able to get to 11 votes, but the other four were no's. Okay. And the bottom line is, and it goes back to what I've talked about a thousand times, they don't bring any value to the table. Are they, okay, as universities, Cal and Stanford are great institutions. Academically great. Stanford's terrific in a lot of sports. But they're not terrific in the sports that make money. I know everybody talks about the money. Oh, it's the money, the money, the money. Well, excuse me. You know, okay. (laughs) They do have to figure out what to do with the travel. I've got that. They do. But this okay when Pet when Hugo Bezdek was at Penn State, I think they went out to play Oregon, something like that, because he had coached at Oregon. They went by train, <laughs> okay. Well, even a softball team or a baseball team, if they go out to play Oregon, if it happens they're on the schedule, they're gonna fly. Travels better now, and you know what? A lot of this money does. This, this money that people are complaining about is allowing people to keep sports you know, all these sports I mean there are a lot of the Olympic sports there have been some complaints about the travel and so forth coming up and right and I it's it's justified but at the same time this money that's coming in is keeping your sport alive nobody talks about that. And you have to pay for stuff. Then you end up like Cal. You know what Cal is? How about $400 million in debt? $400 million in debt. UCLA, they're going to the Big Ten. They're $104 million in debt. Guess what? By going to the Big Ten and taking all this evil money, they won't cut sports. Hmm. Nobody ever talks about that. I don't get that part. Nobody ever talks about that. Never hear anybody talk about that. UCLA was going to have to cut some sports if they stayed in the Pac-12. The 104 million in debt, you have to make tough calls. Well, they made a tough call. They went to the Big Ten because they knew that was a way to get financially from the red to the black. Okay. Now let's get to, I mean, the Florida State thing. The exit fee is $120 million. But any time they play at home... They won't get any money unless they negotiate the grant of rights. You want to know what the grant of rights is worth? Florida State's grant of rights is worth through the life of the contract? Try to the tune of $500 million. Yeah. For the remainder of the contract, it's $500 million. Now that would have to be negotiated, but you already have a hundred twenty million dollar exit fee. How much, you know? How much negotiation is going to go on? The ACC is going to fight it, and guess what? But okay, you hear you hear and read a lot of stuff about it. Okay. Guess what? If they could figure out how to get out of it, they'd have figured it out by now. There's a reason they haven't gotten out of it. They can't figure out how to get out of it. If it was easy to get out of, they'd have figured it out by now. They wouldn't have had to wait till tomorrow to tell everybody. When you think between now and tomorrow, somebody, hey, we found it. We found it. Yes, we found it. You really? The bottom line is, they haven't found it. Now they have tough decisions to make. Could be 50-50 tomorrow. I'll, I'll flip the coin and say that they're not going to make any announcement tomorrow other than reaffirming they're staying, and then we'll go through the same drama next year. But Cal and Stanford, were not going to bring anything new to the table. They just don't bring the value. People think that... But they're really good at irrelevant. But they're really great at... No. TV doesn't carry that. TV doesn't pay for that. Okay? And I keep going back to it. You know, when it comes to the TV networks, they're kind of at the limit of... ESPN is not going to give them more money. Why should they? Simple. I mean, again, there's a limit as to how far it can go, and they've got two critical negotiations coming up with something they have to have. They need to have the NBA, and they need to have college football playoff. So. Well, tomorrow will be a. There'll be some drama surrounding it tomorrow. There's been a lot of dissertations from the Florida State people about what's going on. Look, if they have found the magic formula to get out of the grain of rights, they'd have done it by now. And again, for everybody who thinks that the the ESPN Oh, they're they're the rights holder, but they don't own the rights. They're the rights holder; they don't own the rights. The ACC owns the rights. I think the confusion comes with the ACC network and the SEC network. It's there; it's a partnership, but ESPN owns and operates the ACC network. ESPN owns and operates the SEC network, but it's done in partnership with the ACC and the SEC, respectively. I think that's where the confusion comes in. Okay, we'll take a break. Matt's just warming up. He's just warming up. In fact, he he says he wants two more throws, and then he'll start the inning. Here on News Radio 1070 (laughs) WKOK. Yourself, he's
1: locked, loaded, and ready. Boys are back in town, as they say. <laughs> Who's back in town? No, I'm just referencing the song.
0: That's all. Oh, I see. All right. Well, go ahead, and let her rip. Uh, <laughs> tell everybody, really,
1: on the uh, trail of hate what you hate now. Well, what I hated over the weekend was, to me, extremely unfair criticism of O's broadcaster Kevin Brown when he put out his couple tweet-long statement after, right before he took over back over on uh, Friday night for the Seattle series for the O's, and people are think are are taking this as like, oh, this 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 is against his career. this this kind of looks bad on his part. this looks bad on the O's part. Okay, it looks bad on the O's part. but what did you expect? What do you want the guy to do? The O's are the ones you should be blaming for that kind of a statement. Not him. He's doing what he probably should have been doing. I thought he took the high road. I thought it was very I, I thought it, I, I thought it was uh, very classy of him of, of what he said. I mean, I don't understand what you want from the guy. He's not going to go out there and rip the team. He still has to work for the team and the network the rest of the season. Could he be looking elsewhere like you alluded to on Friday's show, Steve, where maybe his agent's kind of quietly looking elsewhere so he can move on? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised about that. But if you want to blame anybody, just keep throwing your blame at the O's because that's where it's deserved. And leave the poor guy alone. I mean, I just don't get the criticism and how this hurts his reputation. His reputation no. was hurt by the team. Yeah, he was put in this spot. Give the guy it a break,
0: please. It, it doesn't hurt his reputation. I almost feel like he would have been better off saying nothing and saying, hey, welcome, great to be with you tonight. The O's take on Seattle. <laughs> um, maybe you're right. You know what I mean? It's like,
1: just like, hey, like, I'm not going to say anything to make this better. But for me, I thought it was classy. I think everybody's just looking oh, no. for something it, it, else to blame, and oh, no. the, people need to move on. Oh, it, oh,
0: it was classy. No, no, no. I, I, I agree with you. It was definitely classy. I have no issue with anything. I just, I just thought there was a good chance he'd look around and go, you know what? Uh, hi, welcome to Seattle. <laughs> This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Prudy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Well, this will be quite the half hour coming up. I feel like we've just scratched the surface on what's bothering you. <laughs> We're getting there. Well, I mean, I kind of felt like I had to seize like the opportunity to say something. <laughs> All right. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, RV, motorcycle. You'll be fully insured. And... They will also do everything they can to save you money. Great people, great pros, and they give back like the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. That tournament's now raised over a million dollars for local charities. How about that? Dynamic. Dynamic. All Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Summer go to PurdyInsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, you're right, Kevin Brown took the high road. Um, probably felt he did what he needed to do in that particular spot. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't have blamed him if he just came out and said, Hi, everybody, and welcome to Seattle. The Orioles f- continue to fight for them. First place in the American League East as they take on the Mariners tonight. Hey, what do you think of the game? (laughs) I wouldn't have blamed him if he did that. To be honest with you, he's already got America on his side. Now, maybe he felt he had to do that because just to um, have his own back. Because the Orioles have a history of not retaining guys,
1: so I don't, I don't know. Just a thought. And there was one other column in the New York Post. Ryan Glasspiegel wrote this column, and he said Kevin Brown's surreal statement was an ugly look for the Orioles. Okay, yeah, and for him, first of all, surreal statement. You shouldn't be surprised at all by that kind of statement. This is what you hear all the time when stuff like this comes up. Can we stop acting like this is something brand new? I mean, come on. You're totally just ignoring the situation. Totally tone deaf to the situation. And to call it an ugly look for him? Again, owes yes. For him? Cut me a break. Go find a column about something else in sports media. Because that's unfair very unfair. I mean I don't think there's any
0: doubt in this situation who the victim is okay and for Kevin Brown I, you know who knows what's been running through his mind I mean this the whole thing has not been easy for him. So who knows what's been running through his mind over the last couple of weeks that's been playing out yeah he's been getting support left and right. But they weren't rushing to throw him back on the air either. Um, It wasn't like they got criticized left and right by people and all of a sudden said, hey, you know what? I think maybe we ought to um, change our minds here and put him back on now. No. I mean, they waited a while.
1: I mean, they waited for a while before they put him back on. Now there was some critic the, the main one of the main criticisms from him out there was in his statement he put that there was some uncharacterized media reports about him and his relationship with the Orioles. Maybe that wasn't the exact right word, but to still go after him about that and and ask him to say what 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 was wrong about the media reports, again, go to the O's. They're the ones that put him in that spot for all. We know, and it wouldn't be shocking to me. they probably made him put that in there. May have, may have. So again, to go after the guy for a statement, to call it surreal is one thing, but to go after him, period, it's it's just unfair to the guy. Go after the O's; they're the ones that you should be going after and questioning. He's, I mean, he's the one that's between a rock and a hard place. Exactly. Right.
0: You know, everybody's now watching him to see what he's going to say, what he's going to do, whatever. All right? how's he going to open this thing up? And of course, that is everybody watching him. Uh, the Angelos family's watching him too. Okay, again, I would have been just as comfortable with him saying hi, everybody, and welcome to Seattle. Tonight, the Orioles take on the Mariners as they continue their quest to win the American League East. Kevin Brown here, along with Jim Palmer, or whatever it is. Jim? What do you think of tonight's pitching matchup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't disagree with that either. It's Like, hey, what the heck, you know? It's like, hey, I'm back. You know? <laughs> then he has the great call. and the uh, I finally have heard him call something because I really hadn't before. But the Mullins catch, although whomever the analyst was is the one that actually said he caught it. Uh,
1: and then the home run call, we're good. The analyst though is the one that actually said he caught it, <laughs> and the analyst though was also again a little uh, in the way of the call as well too. Put him in a minute, on, tough not, spot. Not, not, not on the
0: catch. No, on, on, the on, catch. The, no on the catch that's on fine. I am in everything no, no, on, else. Yeah. On the catch, on the catch, he's the one that said he caught it. Right. Yeah. No. That, that's no, no, fine. No, no.
1: Yeah. No. No. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But other parts, I think the home run call, too, that, that Mullins then hit in the bottom of the inning, he was all over Kevin Brown. I'm like, dude, let him make the call. Yeah. Stop making it about you. That drives me crazy about color analysts. Well, depends. We, we have a pretty open
0: deal on ours. I don't. I've always told them straight out, I don't care who does the talking. I've never, that's never entered into how I do things. I've said, I've I've told Dick, Jack, I said, hey, look, just talk. It's all right. That's me. Now, everybody's a different way of doing things. I'm just saying that's the way I do it. Not sitting there getting worried about getting credit for whatever.
1: So what's the next thing you're upset about? Because you are far from done. (laughs) Well, this is the last thing that popped into my mind of anger over the weekend. Are we sure? (laughs) Yes, I am sure about this. Are you sure about this? Yes. I'm 100% sure. Are you sure? (laughs) I mean, we only got 15 minutes left in the show anyway. Yeah, I know you've you've kind of like owned the whole thing. Go ahead. No.
0: <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. It's kind of kind of felt like I was along for the ride today. But,
1: uh, <laughs> all right, good. I'm kind of like the audience. I'm in the car, just riding along. There you go. I'm a man of the people, as they say, or as I say, I don't know. But I think you say it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, señor! No, señor! No,
1: señor! Uh, but the the Alec going to the Alec Bowman ejection yesterday in the seventh inning. A uh, couple things with that. First of all, you should. Major League Baseball. I don't know if this has always been the case, and maybe it just got highlighted now because the guy made a mistake. But filling umpires should not be behind the plate. I'm sorry. Should,
0: I'm sorry. Oh, filling up. Okay, filling up.
1: Yeah, I guess the guy that was I guess the guy that was behind the plate for the game yesterday was a fill-in for whoever was on the crew that weekend and okay. he ended up behind the plate then he makes that outrageously terribly terrible call on Alec Baum on the strike three call with the bases loaded in the bottom of the 7th. I mean okay. that's something that major league baseball's got to clean up cuz then we're probably not talking about this. I would think. Now now this guy worked the rest of the series too or it, it seems like it sounds like this was the lone game that he worked. Well, From my understanding, I I could be wrong, but my understanding, he was filling in just for this one game, and he was behind the plate, and then he made a, that really bad call in the seventh. Was there a, was there a guy in the crew that had not worked the plate in the series? That I ha- that I don't know. That I haven't seen. Okay. No, I'm just asking. Yeah. Just. To ask, I don't know. Um, okay. So that's one thing. But then, secondly, I understand. Boehm slammed his bat down after the call. And normal under normal circumstances, I would say, yeah, you probably should shy away from that. But I mean, when you're talking about that spot of the game, and you know where your place is already going in, and then you make that kind of a call, I'm sorry, you got to sit there and take it. It was a bad call, and I'm sure he knew it, and he still threw ball mount anyway. Live with it, take the that's take the, the gripe, and move on.
0: That that's the immaturity of it, right there. You don't compound a mistake with another mistake. And these guys know when they make a bad call. I was I was talking with one of the Big Ten referees on uh, Saturday before. And, you know, whenever the Big Ten officials come in, I always pull the head referee aside and we talk. And I probably talk to this guy for like 10, 15 minutes. And Big Ten officials are going to be here on Sunday night as well coming up. For practice. And I always talk to them about points of emphasis, how they're handling things. And this guy is new. He had Mike Cannon. Mike Cannon retired. Mike Cannon was really good. And this guy had been working as a line judge and as a referee in the Mid-American Conference. And I talked to him about, you know, what we do, you know. Hey, I said, just so you know, in the broadcast, I said, if there's a bad call, we'll say, hey, you know, I don't think we got that one right. I said, but we don't dwell on it. So said, we don't dwell on it. I said, we just we go to the next play. I said, we know that the last thing you guys want is to make a bad call. He goes, oh, God, you know that, Steve. He says, that's crushing for us. He said, you don't want to be... And He said, you just want a clean game, no issues. He says, make the calls. He said, that's all we want to do. He said, we don't want to be... A subject of what's going on out in the field. So we don't want that. He says, geez. He says, I know I don't want it. I think, I think people forget that sometimes. I think sometimes when people look at umpires, officials, or whatever, right? impartiality is critical to them but it doesn't mean that you know they don't feel things too you know <laughs> they're not like sitting there as robots and they don't want to be the ones involved in making a bad call they don't want to do that my goodness You're not buying this, are you? Oh no, I buy it. No, I, no, I, 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 genuinely I do you, think I, that. I, I can,
1: I, I can tell you're not buying. It. I can tell. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, All I'm just yeah, saying I, is, I, if you make a bad call, own it, it and move on. It, it it takes away from your thought that these are evil people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor!
1: Just own it and move on.
0: I mean, again, that's the immaturity of the guy behind the plate. That's, that's what it really came down to. You, know, you don't have to prove to everybody. Look, you're there. You don't have to prove to anybody except just go out and do your job. You want to uh, you, know, you want to sit there and, and go through whatever? Whatever? Okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, that's you know that that's you're there. You don't need to prove anything else except go out and do the job. Hey, I'm the big shot. I'm going to throw Alec Bone out. No, you don't have to do that. Okay, just lay low, take it, move on right, if the crew chief wants to throw him out let him throw him out if the crew chief wants to throw him out okay let him throw him out you lay low So I've tried to tell you this for years, and you won't do it. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! <laughs> you, you won't lay low. Like, come on. Lay low. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK, okay. Rance into center field. Hit well. Hit deep. Mullins. He got it. He got he cannot it. Be serious. Oh my gosh. He cannot have just done that. Oh. He cannot have just done that. That ball was over the fence. The Are play you of a lifetime. kidding me. And Mullins drives this one Get into out. right field. That's a fair Get ball. Out. That is deep. That is oh out of here. Cedric Mullins robs a home run, Cedric Mullins hits a home run, and the Orioles are back in front. you kidding me? Welcome back, Kevin Brown. All right, great to have you with us here on the show today. You're out of stuff now, or?
1: Yes, we have made it through my stuff for today. Okay, we have four minutes left.
0: Uh, all right. Um...
1: <laughs> it was quite the weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. was quite the weekend. So there you go. Hmm. <sighs> All right. So back to work today for the football team. And uh, this is the week that there are no... classes. So this is going to be the week where I think is the week where the separation happens, especially for the young players. You'll find out by the end of, we'll have a pretty good handle by Monday. Because Monday will be an off day, first day of classes. On Tuesday, you'll get a good feel as to who's, after Sunday scrimmage, I think they're scrim- I think it's a scrimmage. You're bringing in Big Ten officials for nothing. And that, um, but after Sunday, you'll get a good feel for one, two, and three. Yeah, it's fluid every week, but one, two, and three, and then you'll get a real feel by Tuesday or Wednesday of next week of who's on the scout team. Okay. And that, you know, so that's where everything stands. So there you go. Well, that's all I had for today. I was able to get a few words in at the end.
1: You did. <laughs> America loves you. I always appreciate the love.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Marcus Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Neil Kulong and Tony Knopp tomorrow. Frank Bodani Wednesday, and then we'll see what we do Thursday.